0: What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing?
1: Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. I'm back from LA, and what a great time I had. I'd like to say thank you to Jenny McCormick from the American Cinema Editors for putting such a great edit fest on this year. So like the last few podcasts, this one's going to be about seven to ten minutes and it's going to wrap up my interview with Sabrina Plisco. We're going to discuss cutting the spiderweb montage for Charlotte's Web, as well as Mr. Megorian's Wonder Emporium. And just a reminder, if you want information about editing, editors, theories, and much, much more, simply go to the Art of the Guillotine website, www.artoftheguillotine.com, and use our new handy search bar. It'll help you discover new ideas, great editors, and amazing theories. So my interview with Sabrina takes place in New York during the 2010 New York Edit Fest, put on by the Manhattan Edit Workshop and the American Cinema Editors. With animals, uh, like you were saying, they shoot a lot. What troubles did you find cutting animal pictures or animal scenes, and how did you tackle
0: these? (laughs) It's patience. (laughs) Patience to shoot it, patience to cut it. It really, truly is just a lot of material to get through you know and depending on how your scene is structured if it's a dialogue scene and you need 10 shots every shot's going to demand a different pose or reaction or so you kind of have to block the scene out in your head and then figure out all the pieces that you need to help sell each shot you know depending on what the line is and who the character's talking to you have to go searching and searching for that little tiny morsel where the eyes are looking the right way and the movements doing the right thing. The one thing I learned is pigs are very hyper and they really um, don't settle very much. So they started shooting them and slowing the the film down just so we could get them to hold long enough to animate a shot. Little tricks like that that, you know, unless you work with animals you don't really know which animals are hyper and which ones aren't. Geese are really nasty to work with. And <laughs> animals also don't like to be in the same frame. Geese won't work with the horse in the same frame, so they would have to shoot them separately, things like Take that. Take back to the Winnepego. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, apparently pigs are like one of the smartest animals.
0: Maybe they were, they were um, amazing in what they could train them to do. I was really impressed by that. However, it because they are so hyper you, hyper, you could not plan on getting it quickly because they would do their trick and then they'd be off to doing doing something else. The dogs on Chihuahua, however, I learned are so much more mellow, they'd go hit their spot and they'd stand there for 10 seconds for you. Pig just doesn't quite do that, they're just so hyper, they'll look all over. So every animal has its nuance, I'm learning, because I've now worked with a lot of different animals. So you just have to kind of uh, learn behavior of of animals you're working with. And then they have all the shooting tricks. And then there's editing tricks, slowing and speeding up plates, and all that kind of thing.
1: What about cutting children? Because a lot of times uh, you've worked with some young kids on Mr. McGorry and Dakota Fanning.
0: uh. You know, I have been fortunate. Those two that you just mentioned were absolutely professionals and, you know, they behaved better than a lot of the adults that <laughs> I have to cut. They just were so excited to be there, so talented. I, I, I think the harder part for having a children children in a movie is the restrictions they have on set. By the time I get the footage, the, those particular kids were just fabulous and, and wonderful and, and fun to cut. Um,
1: did you, were you involved in any of the montage sequences in Charlotte's Web? where they mm-hmm. stitch. How did you approach cutting the sequences where she builds the web, spelling the words out?
0: That was, um, I'd say, a process, because we we did an animatic. I think we even had storyboards, if, I, if I'm trying to remember correctly. We may have started with storyboards. We went and they did an animatic of that, and so I would cobble together you know, a version, and then the um, they actually brought in somebody specifically for that sequence to make it just wondrous and beautiful and do some really amazing things with the camera and go around a web. We just wanted to get into the world of the spider. So it was a very back and forth give and take process between editorial, the creator of the animatic, and the vendor who actually did the sequence. So it was throwing out a bunch of shots me playing and orchestrating and coming up with different things and then we'd come up with ideas from that and they'd reanimate and resubmit so it was, um, it, was a, it was a big challenge because there was so much expected of that sequence it was one of the show pieces of that movie because we just wanted to get in in that spider world and see mm-hmm. the making of a web and the sparkle and the beautiful light and the grace and beauty of, of how it's constructed. So um, it was fun. I remember it being, um, you know, a little torturous while I was doing doing it. It did take a while. It took us a few months to get it figured out and to come up with, you know, the final product. But. Um,
1: did you rely on actual spider web building techniques
0: when you were cutting? I, so I didn't per se, even though we were all fascinated by imagery of spider. I would go in my yard and I would look at spiders and I wouldn't kill them in my house. I still carry them outside on the little, you know, strand that they, they um, weave. But I, I was fascinated and I would walk around and look. And I know the vendors all mm-hmm. did the same thing and we had access to all kinds of Footage that people had gathered on the web and and compiled. Um, So it was a huge R&D process. uh, And um, one of the most amazing stories on that particular movie, I wasn't there, I was an hour away in my cutting room, but they were filming a scene on Charlotte's Web where the baby spiders were being born. And on that very same day, they were in the middle of a break and look up and on the roof of the barn they were out at the 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 actual barn where they filmed most of the movie there were thousands of baby spider strands flying through the sky and there's some beautiful images and everybody ran to get their cameras and there was n- you couldn't have scripted a better moment. all these baby spiders, thousands of them were flying around with the strands with it was dusk, so it was um, you know beautifully backlit, and you could see them clearly. but just the fact that that happened on the day they were filming, you know the scene of the baby spiders being born, and you couldn't ask for better reference yeah. than that. So.
1: so I have one, one last question uh-huh. that uh, I ask all the editors, and that's what's your favorite guilty pleasure film?
0: Oh well. For me, I I still have to go back to Days of Heaven. When I was in high school, I saw that movie, and that's probably the one thing that really solidified that I really wanted to go into um, filmmaking, and at that time I really wanted to be a DP, and I thought it was just the most beautifully lit, naturally lit movie. And I loved the music and the tone of that movie and the imagery. and It's just had a magical influence on me at that point in my life. And it just sort of solidified that that's what I really wanted to do. Well, thank you very
1: much for letting me interview Of
0: course, of course.
1: Well, that was the final part of my interview with Sabrina Plesko. I'd like to thank Sabrina for allowing me to interview her. I'd also like to thank the American Cinema editors, Jenny McCormick, and my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.